So this is the Denominational Doctrines Bible class. We'll start with a definition of denomination. Denomination is the naming of a division or subset. It's to name a particular class or category of things. Let's start with a brief history of how this denominational concept came about. We see in the New Testament during Jesus' time two different denominations in the Jewish population, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They believed different things about the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms. We also see in the book of Acts that each congregation was self-ruling and independent. They were overseen by elders whose authority was limited to that local church. I'll be sharing with you passages from the scripture, and I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, just to let you know. Acts 14.23 says, When they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Also in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1-3, through 3, I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. We can see from these two passages that the church structure was meant to be independent ruling congregations, congregations that were self-ruling and independent, not overseen by elders. In other words, there wasn't a group of elders who had authority to oversee a group of congregations. Each congregation was independent and self-ruling by the body of elders appointed in each of those congregations. So as the church structure and morality deteriorated, influenced by the politics of the time, local leaders began to exercise authority over other local congregations. And so the term archbishop or metropolitan came into play. By the end of the 4th century, the metropolitans of Rome, Antioch, and Alexandria had assumed oversight of churches in several provinces. The concept of collective action of churches was now in place, a coalition of churches that constituted a denomination. The whole form of the church was changing. This change was critical to the concept of a denomination, although modern denominations did not arise for at least another 1,200 years. This is from Samuel G. Dawson, Denominational Doctrine. So, the first universal or ecumenical council was convened by Roman Emperor Constantine in Nicaea in 325 AD. However, it's important to remember that the early Christians and apostles of Christ never participated in any congregational meetings. Over the course of just five centuries, the basic structure of independent local churches evolved into the global alliance of local churches, which is now evident in Roman Catholicism. The Protestant Reformation was a double-edged sword. It opened the door for more denominations to exist than ever before, 
but it also revived the idea that we need to break away from power structures and doctrine that is not biblical. Rather than the body of Christ consisting of Christians, the concept now was that the body of Christ consisted of churches, which themselves consisted of Christians. So this is the essence of denominationalism. So that was a brief history of denominational doctrine right up to the point of the Protestant Reformation. We're going to unpack this a little more throughout this series of lessons. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 through 13, where the Bible explicitly warns us against divisions. Paul says here, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. What I am saying is this, one of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? The Holy Spirit brings us some important points for our consideration when it comes to this topic of denominationalism. The Holy Spirit wants us to agree in what we say, be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. Now, this is almost an impossibility among human beings, but with the Holy Spirit, this is absolutely possible because it's not about following people. See, denominations starts with the following of personalities. As the Holy Spirit reveals here, people start saying, oh, I belong to Paul or I belong to Apollos. But really, we all should be saying, I belong to Christ. As John the Baptizer said, I shall decrease and he shall increase. We have to remember who was crucified for us, in whose name were we baptized. And so when we forget about Christ, when Christ doesn't become the center, but instead a certain thought or a certain opinion or a certain political polarization, that is what causes denominations. We stop agreeing with each other. We start pursuing unity with the same conviction and understanding. And instead, we start following people, human ideas, explanations of things that maybe suit our worldview instead of us trying to aim to understand and aim to please God. So from this passage, we can ask ourselves the following question. Does God promote religious division? Does God want different brands of Christianity? Or is the idea here for there to be just one brand? Jesus. Are we all headed to the same place down different roads, as people say? That's the motto ecumenism preaches. We're all headed to the same place, only down different roads. Well, maybe that's true for the road to hell. <laughs> As Jesus says in Matthew seven thirteen through 14 Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate, and difficult, the road that leads to life, and a few find it. The scriptures also teach us in Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. So the scriptures collectively teach us that unity and oneness is the character of the church of Christ, of the church in the New Testament, of Christianity. There's only one brand of Christianity. So this denominationalism that has exploded most recently in this past century, this is the work of the devil. So we are going to first examine the New Testament church in the next few talks, see what the New Testament pattern is all about, talk a little bit about patterns in the Bible, and understand that the same patterns are repeated throughout the scriptures beginning in Genesis to give us an idea that there is a specific recipe, if you will, or pattern to the church, to God's plan. And when we deviate from that by introducing human thought and human opinion, that is the beginning of apostasy. Cause it won't be a Baptist that's sitting on